Welcome to the chalkboard, my fellow football nerds, for episode number 107 of Chalk Talk. I am your host, Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter at ShaneHalfNFL. I am joined today by the best co-host in the game. You've heard him on the Tough Cover radio show. It is Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at MarkHenryJr. Underscore. Mark, how are you doing this evening? I My mental health is fine today because the Sixers don't play. So... That's where we're at right now. I can focus on other things. I can have a healthy life. Uh, but tomorrow, for the entire day, I'm just going to be dreading the Sixers game. And then for the next day after that, I'm going to be reacting to the inevitability of the depression of that result. But let's talk about the team that doesn't make me quite as depressed as the Sixers do, or at least the sport that the team plays in. The Eagles are all I have now, Shane. When, uh, whenever this, this Sixers, this Sixers season is going to end, that's the end of an era. I'm gonna throw the Sixers, all the Sixers stuff in the in the in the. Uh, I can't think of the word for the closet. Trash, like, <laughs> trash closet. I was thinking. I, I kept thinking to say garage. I was like, uh, that was a brain fart there. Throw it in the throw it in the closet, uh, and then uh, I can only focus on the the Phillies and Eagles after that. But you'll be happy to hear that, I'm sure. I I am happy to hear that. What you might not be happy to hear is that this is the AFC Draft Grades podcast. We're not I even know. talking about the Eagles I tonight. I said it, I said it, and then I was immediately like, wait a second. What <laughs> You did, you prepared for this all day doing AFC stuff. What are you talking about, Mark? <laughs> I am all out of sorts. Like I said, my mental health is fine. I'm still reeling from, from yesterday's, uh, the whole weekend. I'm, I'm reeling. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on my last legs here. You would be proud of me. I actually like pulled up the ESPN app and I periodically checked the score of the Sixers game last night just so I would know generally what mood my Twitter timeline was going to be in. When it's a, <laughs> it's a strange experience that everybody I follow are Eagles people, and so during Eagles season that's pretty much it. But in the off season they start to talk about the Sixers and the Phillies and these foreign concepts to me. So I never know what I'm going to walk into, but. Today we are doing the AFC draft grades. If you missed the NFC draft grades last week, you can be sure and check those out. Uh, that podcast is up on YouTube. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can also go follow our official Chalk Talk account, uh, Chalk Talk underscore NFL on Twitter. Uh, it has been tweeting out clips of that, including a banger of a clip where Mark insulted the Cowboys beyond all belief, uh, <laughs> saying that I don't even remember what the team was now. Seahawks. The Seahawks. The Seahawks drafted a better pair of Michigan players in the fifth than the Cowboys did in the first and the second round. So go check that out. Give it some retweets. Uh, hit that follow button if you are not already. Rufus Rogers says, I trash my Sixers stuff out every year, yet I still have my Witherspoon jersey. <laughs> Which just makes me think of Devon Witherspoon. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to dive in here. We're going to start off with the AFC North, and we're going to go through um, talk – the picks, if you guys are watching on YouTube, there's graphics on the screen. If you're listening later, uh, you don't get the graphics, but you can go check out the clips. We've got all the picks they made and then our best, worst value, biggest regrets, uh, top 100 picks and players and their overall grade. So we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens, who in the first round selected Zay Flowers. In the third round, they took Trenton Simpson, uh, and then it sort of went on for there. Uh, I listed their best value as Trenton Simpson. Uh, he was the number 44 player on my big board, and they got him at 86. I said the worst value was Zay Flowers, which is nitpicking because he went at 22. I had him at 31. That's close. But that ties into my biggest draft regret for the Ravens is the wide receiver run starting at 20. When you're sitting at 22, 
and pick 19 is made and Jackson Smith and Jigba is still on the board. Uh, to walk away with Zay Flowers, who was not my wide receiver two, he wasn't my wide receiver three, That that's a little bit disappointing. And not having a second-round pick, it would have been hard maybe to move up, but, man, I would have loved to have seen Jackson Smith and Jigba in this offense. So and it's not like I knocked him for that. I gave him a B grade. I thought they had a you know an above-average draft, but I just hated at, for the Ravens that that wide receiver run started where it did. Yeah, you would have liked to have seen them try to move up a couple picks to get JSN, to, to be honest, maybe move up to 18 or 19. But I think Zay Flowers, while he was my wide receiver, I'm struggling to – I am str- I think he was my wide receiver five. Yeah, because I had it as uh, – I had JSN, Addison, Hyatt, Johnston, Flowers. But I will say, for the Ravens specifically – I'd probably rather Flowers than Johnston. I'd rather him than Hyatt. So I think he makes a lot of sense for Baltimore. Um, I said that he fits that. I, I compare him to Hollywood Brown. Uh, and, my, and in my draft write-up about my player comps, I actually wrote in it that Zay Flowers would make a lot of sense for Baltimore. Um, and, of course, I didn't pick it in my mock like an idiot. But uh, I, I said that Zay Flowers would make a lot of sense for Baltimore to fill that role that they didn't fill when they traded Hollywood Brown last year. So um, – I guess I would have preferred Jordan Addison because I actually do think Jordan Addison would have filled a role for this team that he would have been able to slide into quite easily. So I would have preferred Addison, but Flowers would have been the next guy I would have taken. And to be honest, like I'm not even going to consider the other players that aren't receiver on the board because Lamar Jackson probably like just told them like, hey, you're picking a receiver in the first round, right? Like <laughs> sign in the day before, like you better. Uh, so I'm glad they picked a receiver to help Lamar. Uh, so I'm not going to nitpick too hard on it because uh, I do think he's a good player. I know Dives had him as his wide receiver one or two. I think wide receiver two. Um, but I also love the Trenton Simpson pick. I actually had the best value. It could have been Caillou Blue Kelly or Trenton Simpson for me. I love both both values there. Um, I put Tavius Robinson as my worst value. Uh, just don't know a lot, about, a lot about him as a prospect. And there were still some prospects on the board. Um, that I liked a lot at that point. So uh, left him off as the worst value. But yeah, this seems like a solid beat to me. It seems like they, they got a really good player late in Trenton Simpson where they went best player available and they got a player who fits their system and is at a position of need in Zay Flowers. So, uh, and I obviously like Kyle Blue Kelly. I will say Andrew Voorhees, I know Dives had him in his like top 50. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, he obviously has the injury, but for all we know next year he looks like the second or third round pick that people thought he was yeah the ravens love to do that david ajabo last year of course it's way different in the seventh round than the second round but uh, they have no problem taking guys and medically red shirting them yeah okay the cincinnati Bengals, uh who took one of our favorite players in the draft, Miles Murphy, all the way at 28. And we knew that Miles Murphy wasn't going top 10, although both of us thought he should. Well, I had him 11, technically, but you had him, I think, fifth. Three. Uh, three. Three. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> incredible value for the Bengals. In our opinion, we're much above consensus on Miles Murphy. Now, I said their worst value was defensive back DJ Turner, but I only had him overdrafted by like three spots. So, I mean, it wasn't that bad. There were some other corners on the board I might have taken there. Jordan Battle was a good pick. Andre Yosevas in the sixth round is also a good pick. But my biggest regret for them was not coming out of the draft with a tight end. They've lost their tight end in back-to-back seasons. And 
while there's not a lot of room for a receiver to get on the field, there's a lot of room for a wide or for a tight end to get on the field for the Bengals. And they just didn't really walk out of the draft with that. But that doesn't hurt my grade for them at all. They had three top 100 picks. They got four of my top 100 players. I gave this grade a solid A. I thought the Bengals had a great draft. Yeah, I totally agree. Miles Murphy, maybe not a val or maybe not a position of need, but too much of a value to pass up on. Uh, and I think they said that they were looking at Kincaid. Um, and once Kincaid was off the board, they they just threw need out the window and went and drafted the best player available. Um, Jordan Battle, one of my favorite prospects in the draft. I think he's an NFL ready guy right away due to be due to playing in Alabama under Saban. Um, I really, really like Battle. I'm not crazy about DJ Turner. Um, so you could have listed him as my worst value. I had him in the 80s. Um, but I do know that he's an athletic freak. I know the, the Bengals are, are big on that. Um, so, you know. You can't take enough DBs in the NFL. It was a position of need. They went and got a corner and they went and got a safety. You know, I, I can't get too upset about it. There weren't that many corners on the board that I liked at that point. Um, Charlie Jones, I, I don't think this guy's going to be anything special. Um, so I, I know a lot of people are high on him. Um, I, I won't say too much about my thoughts on Charlie Jones, uh, but I, I'm not I'm not too much of a fan. I thought 131 was high. There were still, especially like when there's receivers like A.T. Perry, and other guys that I, Keishon Butte, guys that I liked that you I would rather throw a dart on if I was Cincy. But having said all of that, it's an A. I, I love the first three picks, and right. I like Chase and I like Chase Brown. I forgot to say that. Yes, yeah. All right, uh, the Cleveland Browns, who did not have a first round pick, they did not have a second round pick, uh, they did not pick until the third round uh, when they took Cedric Tillman with their first pick. I said my best value for the Browns was Luke Whipler uh, out of Ohio State. I had him as number 86 player on my big board. Uh, he went all the way at 190, so I thought that was a fantastic value pick. I didn't really have a worse value. I didn't think they really took bad values. I mean, Siaki Ika in the late third round is about where you thought he would go. Uh, Cedric Tillman in the third round is about where I had him. Dewan Jones was your best value. That was fantastic value in the fourth round. I thought overall they just they did a good job in the draft. My biggest regret for them was missing Jalen Hyatt by one pick. He goes off the board at 73, and then you have to take Cedric Tillman at 74, and you would have much rather had Jalen Hyatt. But I gave him an A-. minus. I thought the Browns had a really good draft. You, I thought you liked Tillman more than Hyatt. No, I was just I was just digging at you. He was lower on my big board than Hyatt. Yeah, I, I like. Tillman. I, I did. I did say that I thought Tillman would have been a better fit for the Giants, just because he's a different mm -hmm. profile than what they have. They're all slot receivers, so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I do like Tillman. Um, I probably was too harsh on them at a B. To to be quite honest, I probably could have sneaked in a B plus or an A minus. Um, they just I probably downgraded them just for not having picks in the first and second round. So you can blame Deshaun Watson for that. You can put that on the biggest regret. Uh, I guess, but having awful uniforms, I, I threw in there because the worst uniforms are sports, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's move on to the, a the finish out the AFC North with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I gave an A plus to, and this was the first division I graded. And I was like, man, did I just like the AFC drafts better than the NFC drafts? Cause I was grading. So, so easy here, but I'll come around later. Don't worry. But I thought they had a great draft. Uh, Broderick Jones, it was an excellent move up in the first round. Joey Porter Jr. in the second. Uh, 
my best value for them was Darnell Washington at 93. He was 26 on my big board. And the worst value I put was Keanu Benton, who I had at 89. They took him at 49, but I really like his fit with the Steelers. Um, I just thought they did a fantastic job moving, maneuvering in this draft and just making the right picks. I gave the Steelers an A+. Plus. Uh, I mean, Joey Porter Jr. was like the 11th player on my big board, and they got him in the second round. Fantastic value. Yeah, he was also the 11th player on my big board, so he's one of my favorite picks of the entire draft in terms of value. Um, Broderick Jones was number 10. Um, so they got my number 10 and number 11 players on my big board at 14 and 32. Uh, so that's just incredible stuff. Keanu Benton, just like you said, I probably could have put him on the worst, worst value. The reason I didn't, he was the best player available at the position they needed. So was he that at that position on my overall ranks? Maybe not, but they took their O-lineman. They took their corner. It's not even like they needed a tight end. Darnell Washington just happened to be there. And they went and got a freak in Darnell Washington, who they don't need to use as a receiver right away. So that kind of helps Darnell, who is very raw as a receiver. I think that there's a lot of potential that you can untap there for sure. Um, but with Pat Fryermuth, you can almost just use Darnell Washington, as he likes to call himself, as the sixth offensive lineman. And he's not raw there. He can block in the NFL today. Uh, so uh, Darnell Washington will make an impact in terms of that. And the Steelers need blocking. That's something that they struggle in. So a big draft for Kenny Pickett here, even though they may not have went and got a, a pass catcher or a running back or anything like that. Uh, I mean, Darnell Washington's a pass catcher, but the reason it's a big draft for them is because of the Georgia boys. It's because of Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington. He will help. They will help Pickett stay upright. And then you went and got Joey Porter Jr. And oh, by the way, not to mention the fact that Joey Porter is a Steelers legend and they snuck in and got the bloodline of a, leg a franchise legend in the second round way later than the guy was supposed to go. And, oh, yeah, they have brothers in Nick and Nate Herbig. And what's don't you have a story about Nick Herbig? Yeah, Nick Herbig once retweeted me. So I uh, when Nate Herbig was with the Eagles, I tweeted a clip of Nate Herbig at I wouldn't say he pancaked the guy. It was more like he kind of slipped out or whatever. But anyways, the guy ends up on the ground and, and Nate just like laid on top of him. And I thought it was funny and I tweeted it out and Nick Herbig retweeted me. So, and that was, that was years ago before I knew who Nick Herbig was. I was like, same last name. Like, is that a brother? And then I went and looked him up and saw he was a college athlete. And so, yeah, fun story there. Uh, and now they're teammates. Now they're teammates. Yep. Uh, Mr. Crockpot chiming in on YouTube says the Steelers top four picks are insane. They really are. And I don't, the Steelers didn't pick a player outside my top 100 until the seventh round. I, I so yeah, their same. value lined up with my big board and I thought they crushed this draft. So same. the entire AFC North got good grades from us. I think the worst grade we gave anybody was a B. So let's get negative here. Negativity, negativity sells, right? And we're not going to do it with this next team, but we'll do it in this division. Uh, in a moment, but let's go to the Buffalo Bills who traded up in the first round to snipe the Cowboys and get Dalton Kincaid. Uh, in the second round, they got Osiris Torrance at 59, which was both of our best values. He was 21st on my big board. Uh, I said their worst value was Dorian Williams in the third round. He wasn't inside my top 100. They took him at 91, not quibbling with that. Uh, just, I didn't want to list none for like the third team in a row. So uh, my biggest regret for the Bills was not landing a wide receiver to upgrade. Now, I know they're probably going to use Dalton Kincaid that way a lot, and that's fine. But I would have liked to have seen them take a flyer on a – I mean, I guess they took a flyer on a running back. I would have maybe liked to have seen them take a third-round uh, receiver or 
you know, I know you mentioned maybe trading for a receiver, and there's some things that they could do to help out there. But overall, I gave this grade a B plus. Uh, I was also impressed with what the Bills did. Yeah, um, it, I like what they did. I love their first three picks. Actually, their first four picks. So, I mean, the important picks of their draft. I like Dorian Williams. I had him in my in my top 100. I think he's a modern linebacker who can cover in, in pass coverage. Um, so, Osiris Torrance, one of my favorite values of the draft. I wouldn't have taken Dalton Kincaid. I think that they could have taken a better player there, but I get it. And he makes sense as a pass catcher and makes more sense for them than Michael Mayer, who they don't even necessarily need his blocking. So I understand kind of the angle on that, even though they did just pay Dawson Knox a lot of money. What I would say is that in the Super Bowl window for the Bills, I would have liked to see them go and get a guy who I think could help them right away as a big time impact like a DeAndre Hopkins, like a Derrick Henry, like an Austin Eckler. I don't even think those two players are all that great at this point of their careers, but I do think that none of them are washed at this point of their careers. And I think that they, especially in Boston's system, around Josh Allen, around Stephon Diggs, I think Hopkins would thrive as the second receiver there. I think Henry, you could milk out another year out of him. And Eckler, it's probably more of a Hopkins or Henry thing. I'd probably be less interested in Eckler. Um, I normally don't want to give up assets for running backs, but Buffalo has just struggled for so long to get anything competent at, at that position. So it seems like Derrick Henry just makes so much sense for them. It feels like that has probably passed at this point. Um, but I do like Kincaid, Torrance, Williams, and Shorter. They got a bunch of good football players for sure. All right. The New England Patriots, who made a whole lot of draft picks, 12 selections, uh, notably taking Christian Gonzalez in the first round right after Emmanuel Forbes went to the Commanders. They got Keon White in the second round. Uh, my best value for them was Keishon Boutte in the sixth round at pick 187. He was the number 91 player on my big board. Uh, my worst value was kicker Chad Ryland in the fourth round. Like, You take a kicker in the third round, the fourth round, I'm not going to like it. I, I'm not a fan of that. It also took a punter in the sixth round. That's fine with me, but... My biggest regret for the Patriots is they made 12 selections in this draft. They really only got one difference maker in Christian Gonzalez. Maybe Keon White develops. I don't think he's a bad pick by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a team that, let's be honest, has struggled since Tom Brady left, and I don't see anything in this draft outside of Christian Gonzalez that helps turn that team around. So I gave it a C-. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him consolidate some picks and move up and maybe get yeah. some other players as well. You don't have room for 12 rookies on your roster. The way I look at it is that I really like the first two picks. Um, Christian Gonzalez, I think, is a great pick. He was my CB2. I had him as my number 12 overall player. But what I do love about that first pick and why I decided to make it my best value, even though numbers-wise, yeah, I had Keishon Boutte in my top 100. So I like that pick more technically than the Gonzalez pick. Do you know about why the Patriots traded back, Shane? To mess with the Jets. It's fantastic. It's incredible. I think they deserve credit for that. Um, and by the way, they got the guy that they were probably going to take at 14 anyway with Christian Gonzalez. Um, the rumor is that they might have wanted Jameer Gibbs. But anyway, Christian Gonzalez is a way better pick than Jameer Gibbs anyway. And they moved back and got the chance to take it. So I give him a lot of credit for that. That's like an A-plus pick to me um, at a position of need. So I really, really like that pick there. And then Keon White, I think, is the exact pick the Patriots should be making 
make the home run swings. Like you have too many average to good players anyway at this point. And, you know, make making nine more picks after that or 10 more picks after that probably doesn't lend to the strategy. But Keon White is a home run swing. Like if he pans out, he could be a stud. I mean, or he could be out of the league in two years. So I, I do kind of like the home run swing on a team who I don't think takes a lot of those generally. Um, so I, I like the Keon White pick. Um, I had him in my top 40. So uh, I, I think there's a value there. And then Kayshawn is a great value in the sixth round. I'm not huge on him. I don't think you are either. But just in terms of in the sixth round, this is a guy who was supposed to go top 10 like two years ago. So I, I like taking those swings on, you know, the five-star high school prospects and the the former top 10, you know, supposed draft picks. So I like taking those swings on day three. So I gave him a little bit of credit for that and a lot of credit for me liking their first two picks. That's why I gave them a B. I will say I think that Marte Mapu pick, I feel like a lot of people love it because he's this scrappy guy coming out of nowhere. He was the highest pick, not at the combine. Um, but taking him over Trenton Simpson is malpractice. All right, well, let's go to the team that they screwed over, the New York Jets. Uh, the Jets, everybody knew they needed to tackle. They came in, and everybody knew it. That's what you had to do. And so uh, one pick ahead of you, after a trade that we'll talk about in a second, uh, one pick ahead of you is a division rival in the Patriots, and they work to deal with the Steelers. And so the Steelers jump you for Broderick Jones, and then the Jets panicked. I took Will McDonald in the first round. That's my worst value pick. He was 53 on my big board. They took him at 15. Um, that that was awful process. Awful process. And uh, now the best value pick for me was tight end Zach Kuntz, who they got in the seventh round. Uh, at 220, he was 92 on my big board. You were even higher on him. A 10.0 relative athletic score. I love taking swings on that athleticism. But I thought the Jets did an awful job in this draft. Um they had, two, I mean, they had two top 100 picks and they got three top 100 players for me, but this draft is still a D plus. That first round was awful. Like that's hard to come back from. I, Will McDonald is not a first round player. He should not have been in the first round. And not only did you not get a tackle, you walked out with, instead of a tackle, a guy that should have been a day two pick. Yeah, he should have definitely been a, a, a third round pick in my personal opinion. And he's also a project a little bit. Like, I don't think this is a guy who you're playing right away. And by the way, you just traded for a 40-year-old. So if you're trading for a 40-year-old, the only decisions you should be making are pretty much for the current because you made your window what Aaron Rodgers' rest of his career is. So uh, not getting a tackle, um, it's really, really bad. And it's funny because I remember when we reacted to the Aaron Rodgers trade, I said, Moving from 13 to 15 doesn't matter. It ended up mattering because all the tackles were gone at the 14th pick because of what the Patriots did. You know how hard it is to get Zach Kuntz, arguably my favorite player in this entire draft, and for me to get, still give you a D? Uh, I think it's terrible. They they took an interior O-line, they didn't even really need interior O-line either there with Joe Tipman. Like, I don't know if he's going to start year one. Like, he's probably not. So... I don't get it. I think your first two picks aren't really making an impact this year. And you and you traded for a 40 year old. So yeah. I keep coming back to that. Like I would have rather seen them trade one of these picks for a player at that point. If you're that like hung up on something, go and get a player, go and get the, I mean, they have a million receivers, but go and do something other than just drafting Will McDonald or trade down. Like, it was a terrible, terrible first two picks there, in my opinion, for the Jets. And I don't mind Tipman. I think I had him in my top 60 
I think I had him as a, a high third round grade, but that's an early second round pick. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think I liked anything they did except for Zach Kuntz. Yeah, that wasn't even the best interior offensive lineman if you wanted to go take an interior offensive line guy. But Yeah, John Michael Schmitz was still there, right? Yeah, he was still there. Yep. So Rough draft there from the Jets. Let's go to the Dolphins, who didn't have a lot of picks. They made the most of what they had, though. Got yeah. defensive back Cam Smith in the first round at – or second round at 51. I had him at 18. I thought that was a fantastic value. They got Devon A-Chain. In the third round, that was your best value. Neither of us gave him a worse value. I mean, they, they crushed it with the little bit they had. Um, I said my biggest regret was not being able to bolster the offensive line. I'm not saying they should have taken offensive lineman over Smith or A-Chain. Maybe, I don't know. But uh, you've got a quarterback that's been concussed so many times. Like, you got to keep Tua healthy for any of this to matter. And so would have liked to have seen some more investment in the trenches, but there's only so much you can do with four picks. Um, I gave them a B plus. I thought that they did a good job with what they had. Yeah. I'm not even going to grade the last two picks, obviously. So it's really like just me looking at Cam Smith and Devon A chain. They did great. The only reason I didn't give them an A is for not having more picks. And uh, you could argue about what happened to their first round pick there. Um, it was interesting. Um, but Cam Smith, they, I think they got a, a, at least a close through first round talent. And then Devon H and I think they got a second round talent, um, even though they drafted him in the third, they're just committed to being a, a track meet, uh, <laughs> on their offense. Devon H going to be one of the three to five fastest running backs in football, probably on day one. And you probably have two of the five fastest receivers in football in Hill and Waddle. So if you got, if you're playing defense against the Dolphins, make sure you put your running shoes on because man, it's it's gonna be fast. Like the Dolphins probably have three of the five fastest skill position players in the NFL on their offense. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's I mean, insane. He, a chain is so fast. Like I, I cannot emphasize, he's faster than Waddle for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to another division. Uh, the AFC South where the Texans made the splashy moves picking both second and third in this draft CJ Stroud and Will Anderson were the picks um I've had a few teams where I did not assign a worst value pick this is the only team where I did not assign a best value pick um I mean you took Stroud at two you took Anderson at three you don't get credit for great value picks there and I didn't think they had a good value pick the rest of the draft I didn't. I thought they overdrafted Nathaniel Dell in the third round. He's the only other player that was in my top 100. So the Texans don't get a best value. Their worst value was taking offensive lineman Juice Scruggs in the second round was not inside my top 100. Uh, my biggest regret for the Texans is trading their first and third round pick next year to move up for an edge rusher. Like You cannot trade that kind of capital unless you're moving up for a quarterback. Uh, Seth Walder from ESPN went back over the last 20 years and graded these trades that were not for quarterbacks. And it's the second biggest overpay in the last 20 years in a move up for a non QB. And first was the Falcons who had, were coming off a playoff win and, and they made a trade up for Julio Jones. The Texans are not going to go to the playoffs next year. In fact, the Texans probably gave up a top three pick in the draft next year because I fully expect them to still be a, one of the three worst teams in football. Just, Bad. I disagree there. Ooh, okay. We'll, we'll have to get into that later. But I thought yeah. I thought it was an awful trade. Uh, I gave him a D minus, and I really debated giving him an F. 
I am not there with you because uh, so I hate the trade too. I, I want to make that clear. Um, we reacted to the trade live. Uh, you don't trade up for a non quarterback like that. Uh, so I, I think it's stupid. I will say they got the right guy. Like they picked the right quarterback in my opinion. And I, if they would have taken Richardson, that would have been fine too. But I think they picked the right quarterback. I had him as QB two, And then Will Anderson was my best player available. So they got the two best players available in terms of what they needed on their team, literally in the entire draft. So yeah, bad trade, bad process to get there. But I think these two guys are going to make a heck of an impact right away. Like I think CJ Stroud is NFL ready. I, I think he's going to be, he might have a, a limited ceiling depending on, I, I say that, but if he's the mo- if he has the mobility that he showed against Georgia, then I don't know how limited his ceiling is. So I love that they went and got their quarterback. We were afraid that I, I have a question for you, Shane. This is in- I, this is interesting. Would you have rather them stuck it to and just drafted Will Anderson and not trade it up? Let's say they don't take a quarterback. Would you have rather that than what they did? So do what they did or just stay at two and take Will Anderson and then not get a quarterback. I would have hated both, but I would be more okay if they just stood at two and took Will Anderson and didn't take a quarterback. I think that's where I'm disagreeing with you because I think they just have, you have to get quarterback figured out. So I, I, I side with the side where at least you get CJ Stroud, who I think is a rock solid guy. Like I think CJ Stroud's not going to flame out of the league in my opinion. Like, I think CJ Stroud will get to a second contract with the Texans. Like I'm pretty confident that that's going to be the case. Um, I I think he's going to be a solid NFL starter. I think he's probably going to be a DAC level starter. If I had to, if I had to make a guess on where he's going to be around the league, then did you hear the tank Dell story about why they, why they took him? No, I didn't. CJ Stroud threw balls to him at the combine and fell in love with him. And they became buddies and they started texting. And when the Texans drafted Stroud, uh, Tank Dell apparently texted CJ Stroud and said, yo, brother, Texans know that I want to stay home. Like, I I love my city. He's from Houston. He went to Houston. And and CJ Stroud's like, let me see what I can do. Uh, And apparently he went to the Texans and stood on the table for for Tank Dell. Um, So it it was funny. It's like I, I saw people saying, like, Aaron Rodgers was on the Packers for 20 years and they wouldn't let him make any decisions. Lamar Jackson's on, been, on, been on the Ravens for six years and he's lost like 25 games and he can't make any decisions. CJ Stroud's been on the team for 48 hours and he's, he's making picks, but I do kind of like that. I like that. You know, if you listen to your new franchise guy, I, I did kind of like that. And then just closing this out, cause I've spent way too much time on the Texans. I do think they're one of the more interesting teams in terms of their draft class. I liked a lot of their values. So Jarrett Patterson, I'm biased. He's a Notre Dame fighting Irishman, but I had him in the top 100. I think he's a, a pretty solid interior lineman. Um, Xavier Hutchinson was a guy I had in my top 100. So getting him in the sixth round, I like Henry Toa Toa was a guy who I had in my top 110. I think he was probably in the 110 range getting him in the fifth round. Uh, I don't mind that either. Juice Scruggs was a guy who I almost included in my top 110, but I didn't. Um, that's a bad pick though. So that was by, it was my worst value. I think they got five players who I like, so uh, I, I don't like the trade. So that's why I'm kind of shrugging my shoulders and I'm going to be in the middle, giving them a C like Switzerland. Yeah. I, 
I just I think this is this I think that trade will go down as one of the most recklessly irresponsible yeah. team destroying trades in recent history. I got I think go ahead. Uh, I think they're going to go like 7 and 10 this year by the way or 8 and 9. Like yeah. I think they're going to be average. Okay. Rufus Rogers chiming in on YouTube says that I hugely disagree with Shane for the first time since I've been a fan. Uh, in one draft, they got, I'm assuming that's supposed to be two of the top three players in the draft, uh, and they built the uh, trenches on both sides of the ball. The problem with that is to go get Will Anderson, they gave up a first-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year that I think is going to be very high, and a third-round pick next year. Like, What defensive player in the NFL would you trade that for right now? Is there a Mark? Is there a defensive player in the NFL you would trade two first round picks at number twelve and let's say a top ten pick, so and a third round pick for? Is there a player you can think of? The only one that I can think of is maybe Sauce Gardner, and I probably still wouldn't do that because he's only done it for one year. I think maybe Mike Parsons. It, yeah, yeah. I think you'd think about it with Sauce. You'd think about it with Parsons if Donald was on his first contract. You'd think about it with Donald. Um, You'd think about it with TJ Watt, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but these are guys that are proven and have done it yeah, in the league yeah, for yeah. years. Like we routinely have top picks that flame out. Like to to give two first round picks and a third round pick for a non QB, that's just awful value, in my opinion. There it doesn't it doesn't if Will Anderson becomes Micah Parsons, I still think it's bad value. It, it's I, I don't like it. Because I wouldn't I, trade that for Micah Parsons, so I, I think it depends. It I think it depends what they do this year. I think it's a big, I think it matters how bad they are. Cause if it's a top five pick, then it's a bad trade. Sure. Um, but if they, if they get, if they can be competitive and I think they actually will be like, I like D'Amico Ryan's. I think it was a good hire. Um, I, I think CJ Stroud's going to make them competitive right away. I do think Will Anderson's a guy who's like ready to play right now and ready to be a high impact guy right now. Um, what's that ceiling? Is it Von Miller? Can he be that guy that people want him to be that the Texans clearly think he is? I'm a little skeptical of that. I, I comped him a little bit more to Shaq Barrett. I am a lot more certain of Will Anderson's floor than I am his ceiling. Yeah. Um, I think they got a good player no matter what though. I think, I mean, I, I, th I was high on CJ Stroud. He was my QB too. And I'm high on D'Amico Ryans, but at the end of the day, C.J. Stroud is throwing to Nico Collins, John Mechie, and true. Robert Woods. So That's very true. And Tank, uh, Tank Dell. And, yeah, and Tank Dell, apparently. Xavier Hutchinson, who is your best value. So I just – I, I see. Like I don't Xavier. See. I do like him. But imagine taking Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12 and having a first-round pick next year. I, I would just sort of like that a lot better. Oh, I agree 100% with that. A million percent. I would have loved C.J. Stroud and JSN together. Yeah. Okay, let's keep rolling along here. The Jacksonville Jaguars. They also made a lot of picks. My best value pick for them was defensive back Antonio Johnson at 160. He was number 40 on my big board. The worst value was in the second round, tight end Brenton Strange, who was not in my top 100. Uh, you agreed with both of those best and worst value picks. My biggest regret for the Jaguars was not being able to upgrade at cornerback. I think they could have used a cornerback upgrade and obviously Antonio Johnson was my best value he's a safety uh, mm. and then you get into the sixth round before there's more defensive backs that they selected so I would have liked to have seen more bolstering of the secondary specifically cornerback there 
Uh, I gave him a C plus. I didn't think it was a bad draft. Uh, I didn't like the Brenton Strange pick. I like Tank Bigsby, uh, but overall, uh, not one of my favorite drafts. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm not an Anton Harrison guy, um, so I had him really, really low. Uh, so I didn't like that pick. You could probably argue that that was their worst value for me personally. But Brenton Strange, um, I put on there because of the fact that I think that they so easily could have taken Washington, Darnell Washington at that spot, or they should have taken Michael Mayer in the first round. So um, I, I think they could have walked out of this with a really, really good tight end who fits their needs, who can block for them, which they need to keep Trevor Lawrence upright. Uh they didn't agree. Brenton Strange is pretty much just a blocking tight end, so they got that part of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that was a terrible, terrible maneuvering of the draft. I like Tanks Bigsby. I like Ventrell Miller. Um, I know a lot of people do like Yasir Abdullah. I know there's people out there that like Parker Washington. Um, so, But the only pick that really gets me going at all is Antonio Johnson. I had him in my top 30. Um, he's a player I really, really liked. Uh, I think he's going to be a good football player in the NFL. Uh, who knows what his slot is or what kind of where he's going to fit in Jacksonville's scheme defensively, but um, I think he's going to be able to adjust. He's a freak. All right. Uh, I don't know what that green dot is there on our graphic, but not sure where <laughs> that came from. But uh, okay, let's go on to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, this is one of the drafts Mark and I disagreed about the most. Um, Took Peter Skaronsky in the first round, fantastic value. Will Levis in the second round, Tajay Spears in the third, Josh Wiley in the fifth, Jalen Duncan in the sixth. If they had just not had that seventh round pick in Colton Dowell, I would have said I watched every one of these players, but <laughs> alas, it was not to be. Uh, I said my best value was Jalen Duncan, who I had at 87 on my big board. They got him almost 100 picks later at 186. Uh, that was also your best value. I didn't give him a worse value. You gave them QB Will Levis as the worst value. At the end of the day, he was 35 on my big board. They got him at 33. I'm not a big Will Levis guy. I don't have a problem with you taking him in the second round, though. Uh, my biggest regret was that Josh Downs went two picks before they took Tajay Spears. They could have used wide receiver help. And Tajay Spears is just so dramatically a different running back than Derrick Henry. Uh, I feel like that would be a tough adjustment. Not that Tajay Spears is ever going to be like a feature back, but he's just going to look weird out there spelling Derrick Henry. But overall, I gave them an A on this draft because they got my best lineman in the first round. I thought it was a big need. They got great value in Duncan, and I thought the value on Levis was fine. But I know you disagree with that. You gave him a C, uh, and you are the president of the Will Levis Stinks Club. So <laughs> talk to me about the Titans draft. Yeah, I don't like anything about the Will Levis situation here. Um, Ryan Tannehill showed last year that he had no interest in you know mentoring Malik Willis. Malik Willis was a complete train wreck. You have the same you know system and regime in place to to mentor Will Levis that you had last year with Malik Willis, which flamed out as one of the most spectacular failures ever. And by the way, Malik Willis was so bad last year, and, and I understand like he's not this front office's guy, but you basically just burned that pick on fire now with this Will Levis pick. Like you're going to have to cut him or you're going to trade him for a seventh rounder. Like you might as, he might as well not be a Titan at this point. That was a waste. Um, and then you also wasted time playing him anyway. I guess, you, I guess you found out he's not the guy, but um, I, I don't think Will Levis is any more of a sure thing to be good than Malik Willis was. Um, and if you did believe in, in Will Levis, you probably should have traded up into the back end of the first round to get the fifth-year option. 
Um, and I don't really understand if they, I, that's what makes me believe. Like, I don't think they love Will Levis or else they would have taken him at 11 or else they would have taken him in the back end of the first round. Like, I think they talked themselves into Will Levis and that should never be what happens at QB. Yeah, on our draft show, I was saying I I didn't think that Levis was going to go early second round because the team at the top of the second round probably would have tried to trade up. Now, trading up with the Eagles probably would have been hard because they love Nolan Smith and he was at 30. And maybe it's the same thing with the Chiefs, although they we'll took, get to the Chiefs in a minute. I yeah. can't imagine that they were in love with Felix and Yuduke Uzoma at 31. But spoiler alert, worst value pick in my opinion when we get there. But uh Maybe they tried and they couldn't. I don't know. I, I, if you said that, if you told me they tried to trade up with the Eagles and the Eagles wouldn't move move off the spot, I would believe that. I'd have a hard time believing the Chiefs wouldn't have though. Even still, though, if this is your franchise QB, you take him at eleven. Like you should have considered yourself, unless you like. Like this is where it's tough to grade. Like, did they have insight that no one else liked Levis? Like, did they know no one else was going to pick him in the first round if they weren't going to? Like. That's where yeah. you don't know how informed these teams are. Because if you think Will Levis is your franchise guy, like, I get it. I had Skaronsky 9. So I had a – technically he's a value. But if you're in love with Will Levis, if you see him as the successor, you see him as the franchise QB, you're putting his face on the stadium, you're putting his face on the posters, you, you're not going to take him at 11? Like, you let him pass you? Like, I don't know. He's the only QB available. Like, the other three win. And you let him pass you. So – I, I look at that a little weirdly. Like, I think they talked themselves into Will Levis or their owner talked themselves into Will Levis. Um, I, I He's also a bad QB. They could have taken a good receiver at that pick instead. <laughs> I had Will Levis at 53. Um, and then not to mention, they have the worst receiver room in football. Like, the worst receiver room in football after losing Robert Woods. I don't even know who else. They've got Traylon. Uh, they've got that guy who broke out last year with a couple names um and then, Westbrook yeah yeah and then they have another one I thought that that had a pretty good season last year at times um but it's not a good receiver room at all and JSN was there at 11 you could have had Jackson Smith and Jigba you could have moved back and taken Jackson Smith and Jigba in the second round you could have taken Josh Downs instead of Levis or a different receiver so um I, I just don't like I didn't like what they did there I also didn't know Tajay Spears medicals were as dire as they are um, what I was reading about his knees, man, it's it's pretty rough. I'm actually surprised that that checked out to be drafted 81st. So, yeah, they got four values for me in terms of four top 100 guys and Jalen Duncan in the sixth round, even though I'm not that high on them, that is a value. I'm just not in as in love with what they did as everybody else. By the way, I think this team wins like four or five games this year. All right, let's close out this division with the Indianapolis Colts, who also made a lot of selections, but they made – the right selections. Uh, we both gave this draft an A+. Uh, they get Anthony Richardson at 4, Julius Brents at 44, Josh Downs at 79, uh, Adi Tamiwa at Abare at 110. Uh, value all over the place with this draft. Uh, we both gave Josh Downs the best value. Neither of us had a worse value. I didn't even have a regret, but you were clever enough to say that Jim Irsay having a Twitter account was the Colts' biggest regret. Uh, which, by the way... Don't know if you saw this today, but he's on the warpath now about how yeah. supposedly the commanders uh, reached out to Andrew Luck about coming out of retirement, and he wants he's calling tampering on that. So uh, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't even know if that's how that's it, uh, interpreted. But 
it's not like he's a pending free agent. But anyways, uh, we both gave him an A+. I thought the Colts killed this draft. I thought that they were the only team in the NFL who did a better job than the Eagles. But it's, I mean, it's hard to compare because we're just in completely different spots as a franchise. But in terms of like who did the best job for the spot that they're in, I think the Colts had the best draft in the NFL. Um, Anthony Richardson was the only pick to make at four. And you didn't have to give up anything to get the guy that you wanted. You didn't have to move up like you thought you might to number three. You didn't have to move up to one or two. You kept, you stayed, you kept all your assets. You didn't have to give up any players like Carolina did with more. But you got Anthony Richardson, and I think that that's a slam dunk at number four. Julius Brents at 44. Really, really good pick. I can't exactly remember where I had him. Something in that range. So, freak athlete. You're the Colts. You're rebuilding. If you're taking chances on Anthony Richardson, you might as well go and take a chance on Julius Brents as well, who's another freak RAS athlete. Josh Downs, a guy I absolutely love. Um, I think he's going to slot in right away as a perfect slot receiver. Blake Freeland, another guy I absolutely love, who's a home run swing and an RAS swing. If he pans out, he's going to pan out big time. And then Adiba Ware is a guy who people pegged as a first-round pick. And they got him in the fourth round. I wasn't as high on him. I had him in the 70s, I think. But they took him at 110. So me having him in the 70s is really good. They got five top 100 players, and they only had three top 100 picks. I gave him an A+. My biggest regret, yeah, I said Jim Mercer having a Twitter account. That tweet about Will Levis was very dumb. (laughs) All right. Let's keep going here. Into our last division, the AFC West. Uh, we're going to ignore my typo where I said the Broncos' biggest regret was Deshaun Watson. I meant to put, <laughs> I meant to put, I meant to put Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> also, a bad football player, just and a person we don't like off the field either, perhaps, but for much less meaningful reasons. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, pardon my typo there. I can't edit that on the fly. It's a graphic, but uh, best value we both put was linebacker Drew Sanders uh, in the third round. He went at sixty-seven. I had him at thirty-nine. I thought he was a fringe first-round guy. Worst value running back or defensive back Riley Moss. Uh, I gave them a B for this draft, but you gave him a D. Uh, is that just Russell Wilson trade factored in, or did you just really dislike their draft here? It's factored in. Um, I'm not as big on Marvin Mims. Like there was probably five receivers that I liked more than Mims uh, still on the board. And Jalen Hyatt, I like him a lot more than Mims. So them passing on Hyatt to take Mims, I wasn't a fan of. Uh, Drew Sanders was a good pick. I I did like that Drew Sanders pick. I I had him in the 40s. um, So that's a good value there. Riley Moss, what are we doing? We haven't had a white corner in the NFL since Jason Seahorn. That's that's a legitimate fact. Like that's a stat. There has not been a white cornerback that has taken a snap in the NFL <laughs> since Jason Seahorn. Then what are we what are we doing? Riley Moss. I watched the tape. I'm out. Well, I mean, I'm, he's he's I'm from out. Iowa, so obviously they were trying to get him before the Lions did. Yeah. What are the Lions doing? How did the Lions miss on this guy? He would have he would have bit so many kneecaps. But yeah, <laughs> bad trade for Russell Wilson. I didn't love the Mims pick. I hated the Moss pick because um, there were a lot of corners that I still liked at that point. Um, and DBs in general that I still liked at that point. Um, I didn't mind the JL Skinner pick. He, he's fine day three pick there. Um, D might be harsh. And it was also a little bit of like a, I was giving out so many good grades in the AFC that I, I was comparing them to the other draft classes. And I was like, ah, okay, I can give him a D. I don't love it or anything. Yeah, in general, 
I graded the AFC drafts higher than I did the NFC drafts. My, I did a top five and bottom five drafts in the NFL. All of my bottom five drafts were from the NFC. Like my five least favorite drafts were all NFC drafts. Interesting. Well, let's go to a team that had one of my least favorite drafts. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. I gave them an F for their draft. Uh, we'll start with the positives. I thought Rasheed Rice in the second round at 55 was fine value. I had him at 51, but Felix and Yuduke Uzoma was my worst value. I had him at 59. They took him at 31. Um, and then that was it. Nobody else out of my top 100 made, made their draft. Uh, so they had three top 100 picks, only got two top 100 players. I gave him an F. I said the biggest regret, the Chiefs, not trading out of the first round. Like if Anyuduke Uzoma is who you wanted there, he was going to be there, man. And there's other guys like him that you could have got on day two. I would have loved to have seen them trade out if that's what they were going to do. If you say we're not in a Super Bowl window, we don't, that's not what we want to do. How do you not get Jalen Hyatt? Which I know he went mm -hmm. way later, so maybe there's other things going on. But how do you not go get somebody that you would expect to contribute more in year one uh, than Felix? So I didn't like their draft at all. One of my least favorite drafts in the NFL. Yeah, I didn't love it. Um, I'm higher on Felix than you are, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I had him in the high 30s, uh, low 40s. So um, I do like Felix as a player. It is a position of need. I just would have liked other guys there. I probably would have rather Foskey and a couple other players. Um, Derek Hall, I think I would have preferred. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a couple players that I would have preferred to Felix there, but I don't hate the pick, hometown guy. Um, Rasheed Rice, I'm not as crazy about Rasheed Rice as some other people, um, especially the fact that they passed on Jalen Hyatt twice, who I think was such a perfect fit. Wanya Morris, I, I, I'm not a fan of his. I didn't like the tape. Um, then they didn't make any picks on day three uh, of anybody that was on my radar. So, um, yeah, I gave him a D, and it wasn't wasn't too hard to give him a D. All right, up next is the Los Angeles Chargers, who selected Quentin Johnston in the first round, Tuli Tui Pelotu in the second round, Dayon Henley in the third round. My best value for them was Tuli Tui Pelotu, who they got at 54. I had him at 37 on my big board. Worst value was Quentin Johnston, who I had at 29. They took him at 21, so I didn't think it was a big reach. However, I really didn't like the fit. I, I said my biggest regret was you know, they took a wide receiver who only ran a 4-5 at his pro day, where, by the way, everyone lies about their times to make it look better. And they took that guy and they added it to the slowest wide receiver room in the NFL. Like There were explosive guys. Zay Flowers was there. Jalen Hyatt was there. There were, there were explosive playmakers there, and they took the TCU receiver with drop issues that slow, and I just didn't like that. So uh, overall, I gave them a C minus. It, it probably would have been like a C plus if they would have taken Zay Flowers instead. Yeah, I, I hate the Quentin Johnston fit. It, it's a terrible, terrible fit. Um, I don't know what the Chargers are doing there. Um, and then they took the other TCU receiver, who I think was like just totally propped up by Johnston. Um, in college, like I don't think he's a real NFL player. Um, and then I didn't realize that they took Max Duggan, Max Duggan as well. They just they were all in on TCU. Like the Chargers watched that TCU Michigan game in the first round of the college football playoff, and they were like sold. We're all in on the Horned Frogs. Um, but yeah, it's funny that they took the top two TCU receivers and a quarterback. So uh, yeah, I didn't like those picks. Thule, I'm not as big on Thule as you are. Um, I thought it was a good pick at 54. Uh, and I think he makes a lot of sense with Bosa there on, on the D line. You can kind of move him around. 
uh, to try to figure out what the best spot is to line him up near Bosa. Um, I like Henley, another modern linebacker. I think he can play in in, in this league right away. Um, so I think they did really good on day two. I could kind of leave everything else. Did you see Brandon Staley talked about taking TCU players? Did you see that after the draft? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, well, I got it. So he was asked about it, and he said uh, he basically said I won't play the clip, but he basically said that TCU's team from 2022, like drafting from them, is the same as drafting from the University of Georgia or Alabama. Okay, buddy. To which I quote tweeted the score of the national championship <laughs> game where Georgia won 65 wow. to seven and said, I yeah, forgot. that's basically the same. So I forgot Georgia cashed the over by themselves. Yeah. I, I so I forgot that happened. So yeah, apparently that was the strategy. Uh, the chargers jumping on the draft, everybody from a offense that scored seven points in the national title game. But, and, and to be clear, it's what's funny. This, and it's funny, this is how draft grading works. Like, Quentin Johnston was higher on my board than Zay Flowers. But if the Chargers had taken Zay Flowers, my grade for them would have been better because it's all about that fit. I thought it was a bad fit. But you know what's funny about that? Like, you can kind of say that about a lot of teams because I think if Baltimore would have taken Johnston, I'd have been like, what are we doing? Like, we don't need we don't need Quentin Johnston here. So he's a very specific player. I think we kind of talked about that. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of teams who need what QJ brings. So. Uh, I had a first yeah. round grade on him, but it was really hard for me to find a good spot for mm-hmm. him every time I did a mock draft. That's ultimately why I dropped him down my board more. I was like, maybe I don't like him that much. Yeah, the one that I, I, I was so obsessed with him was Minnesota. I thought Minnesota made a lot of sense. You could put him next to Jefferson, but I like the guy they got even more. Like I yeah, like Addison I like, uh, Yeah, I like Addison more. So Rufus says Felix has Andy Reid player written all over him, which won't I won't dispute that. Maybe that was just an Andy pick. So yeah. Okay, on to our last team. It was the Las Vegas Raiders, who uh, got Tyree Wilson in the first round, Michael Mayer in the second, Byron Young in the third round, and, and others. My best value pick for them was defensive back Christopher Smith, the second. In the fifth round at pick 170, I had him at 95 on my big board. Uh, the worst value I put was Byron Young, who they took 77, or they took him at 70. I had him at 100 on my board. So that's I think not a might, huge reach. Which... I thought you had the other Byron Young at 100. No, I think it was this one. But I did get mixed up on that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, on the live stream. Yeah, now you're making me doubt myself. Byron Young from Tennessee. This is the Byron Young from Alabama. This is where you got mixed up. I'm getting it mixed up You got double mixed up on Byron Young. Okay, well, it's still the worst value because that Byron Young was outside of my top 100. So... Byron Young bites again. It should be illegal for two prospects to have the same first and last name and both be defensive linemen. That's just not right. And from the same conference. And from the same conference. But yeah, so still, it doesn't change. Byron Young, we're still there. Uh, My biggest regret for them was making no meaningful investment on the offensive line or at cornerback. And not to say I would have, well, I would have done the third round differently, but I mean, their first first and second round pick are slam dunk. So it's not like I would have not taken Tyree Wilson. I would have not taken Michael Mayer. But I would have liked to have seen them been able to address the trenches on offense and maybe a, a cornerback a little earlier than they did. But I gave it a solid C+. I really wanted to give the Raiders like an A because I love their first two picks. Tyree Wilson was the slam dunk pick. I, I love that pick for them. High upside. You're in the beginning of a rebuild, I think. I don't know if they view it that way. Um, but I think you're in uh, the beginning of a rebuild stage. Tyree Wilson's a home run swing, and he's going to be good for a long time. 
Um, and then Michael Mayer is the exact type of guy you want to kind of put in there in the beginning of a rebuild as a pillar of your organization. So I love Tyree Wilson. I love Michael Mayer. I could do without everything else they did. I mean, some people like Chris Smith, his combine was a tragedy. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to leave that off. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, I thought that was way, way too early. Watched a lot of Aiden O'Connell in college, and not once did I think this is a guy who's going to be good in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I, I am not – I don't like anything else they did. Trey Tucker was the worst value that I gave. I put my biggest regret as not firing Mike Mayock sooner. They did great in round two, great in, or great in round one, great in round two, everything else I could do without. All right, so that gets us through the AFC. Here's our combined rankings uh, sort of averaged out. Most of our grades were similar. If not, we just met in the middle. So ranking the drafts of the AFC teams 1 to 16, we had number one, the Colts, number two, the Steelers, number three, the Bengals, and that was our A tier. Our B tier, number four, was the Browns. Number five, the Dolphins. Number six, the Buffalo Bills. Number seven, the Titans. Number eight, the Ravens. And then in C tier, at number nine, we have the Jaguars. Ten is the Broncos. Eleven, the Patriots. Twelve, the Chargers. Thirteen, the Raiders. In D tier, at fourteen, I think I lost track for a second, it was the Texans. At fifteen was the Jets. And then in F tier was the Kansas City Chiefs with the number 16 draft in the AFC. So there you have it, folks. Uh, if you're wondering about our NFC draft grades, that was on the previous podcast. So wherever you're watching or listening to this one, just scroll up or down, depending on if you're on YouTube or your phone. Uh, and you can find that NFC draft grades podcast. Also head over to the Chalk Talk Twitter account, Chalk Talk underscore NFL on Twitter. And clips are going out uh, of these shows talking about the team grades. So find your favorite team, retweet that clip, uh, let other fans know about the podcast. So that is going to do it for our draft coverage. Uh, the next time Mark and I are back in your feed, we'll be doing some creative topic that as of yet has not been planned out. So I can't even plug what it's going to be, uh, but we will be in your guys's feed throughout the off season, doing some different uh, drafting against each other stuff. Like we did last year, just, some fun things that we've kind of had in the pipeline uh, while we wait on meaningful preseason action, which is the funniest thing to say, meaningful preseason. But <laughs> we'll get there. We're going to get through it together. Uh, our NFL addicts support group, NFL Anonymous, maybe should be the name of this podcast in the in the summer. But that's going to about do it for this episode. Mark, before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts? No, no. Uh, follow me at Mark Henry Jr. underscore and check out the Tough Cover Radio Show every Saturday, 11 to 1. All right. Well, that is going to do it. Thank you guys for joining us for episode number 107 of Chalk Talk. Whether you're watching live, listening later, watching later, uh, be sure you smash that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode. Give us five-star rating and reviews. That really helps the podcast get out there to other people. Uh, you can follow us one more time on Twitter, at ShaneHalfNFL, at Mark Henry Jr., at ChalkTalk underscore NFL. So for me and for Mark, from the Chalk Talk crew, we will see you guys next time.